This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello and welcome to MS Momentum, the radio show for people with MS, their family, whānau and support teams. This week's very special radio star is Joe from Esmeritago. Hello Joe, and welcome and thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having me, I'm looking forward to it. Can you please tell us what Esmeritago does? Oh, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we've been around a really long time, almost sort of 50 years. So, Have you? Yeah. That's yeah, quite yeah. a significant amount of time, isn't it? Is, it is. It is. I want to say like 48, but I think we're having our 48th um, AG. So, so um, we are a not-for-profit organisation who deal with people with lung disease. Um, we're still called Asthma Otago, and I know the board have looked at changing name mm. because asthma is such a controllable disease now. Yeah. And it's only when I started sort of 20 odd years ago, probably 90% of my work was all asthma okay. and very small, the rest of other diseases. Now it's a complete reversal of that. So I see very few people with asthma. That's not to say that asthma is not around, but it's just a, a just how it is actually. People can control their asthma. So mm. asthma attacker. So we so we deal, as I say, um, we deal with people with all sorts of different lung diseases. So it's yeah. Which are? Which are? Which oh, are? Boy. Predominantly, obviously, asthma. Um, chronic lung disease, mm. um, COPD yep. is the umbrella. So it's COPD stands for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Chronic just means there all the all time. time. Yeah. Yep. Obstructive just means there is an obstruction within those airways. Pulmonary means of the lungs. Disease meaning a disease. So, I mean, it's not going to go away. No. And it's. So, yeah. So that's the umbrella. And lots mm. of people say they have copter, not really knowing what they have, but there we are. <laughs> the biggest one would be um, emphysema yep. through smoking-related. I thought COPD was emphysema. Yeah, no. So okay. COPD is the umbrella of all chronic obstructive pulmonary diseases, things like bronchiectasis, which is another, oh, screwing up her face, yeah, very e- common, ectasis. bronchiectasis, which is a, um, once again, of the lungs, it just means it's usually caused by having a respiratory, uh, like, not colds, but a wee bit worse, chest infections okay. repetitively, causing scarring, causing uh, long-term oh, okay. changes within the lungs, really common, particularly in children, from who don't have healthy homes, who have lots right. of chest infections, yeah. all of those. So bronchiectasis, mm. and once again, that's long-term, comes under that. Bronchitis, which people talk about, you know, yeah. that horrible cough that you get through winter, doesn't go away. Um, and, and emphysema, which is, as I say, caused predominantly through smoking, but not always, can be caused by particularly people that worked in um, areas where they caused some lung problems, welders, Timber people that would cause damage right at the base of those little ovules. Yeah, quite a lot of welders get. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, welders now, of course, you know, with mm. um, health and safety, masks and extraction, all of that, we'd like to think it's not happening now. But certainly the people that are now 70 odd yeah. didn't have it back then and now have um, lung disease. So we. That's us. So that's that's kind of the people that I see. Mm. So um, we provide services for those people and their families. For most of those, it's about learning about what the condition is yeah. and learning how to manage and live with that condition. 
There is no cure. Apart from asthma, which is a reversible condition, so you have mm-hmm. asthma and it's active and you treat it, and then if you did uh, a lung function, your your yeah. um, lungs would look normal. So apart from asthma, which is reversible, the others are all a degenerative condition. Okay. They're going to get worse and worse and worse yeah. and worse. So that's kind of... so. Learning about those conditions and what you can do, which usually just means, um, one, stop smoking if it's a smoking-related yes. disease. So part of my job, sort of six to eight hours a week, is in smoking cessation. So we, you know, we we do that. Um, the other is um, medication and learning what medications there are, and I'll, we'll talk about that after. But there's a wide range of medications, mm. mostly that are all inhaled because that's where it's going to go. That's where it's yep. And then other things. And for most people, um, exercise is a huge yep. part of their long-term management scheme. So we run um, four different exercise classes here in Dunedin. Oh, wow. We run one at Moscow and one in Wakawaiti. So that's a big part. We we put education right up there with just as important as medication. Yep. It is. Yep. So, um, yeah, we do those sorts of things. So, obviously, there's lots of resources. We are the people that, you know, kind of do that. So, that's kind of what asthma Otago is. That's quite a lot more than I was anticipating. <laughs> yeah, most people think it's asthma. And as I say, we've looked at changing because people ring who have got, say, emphysema and say, well, I'm not sure why I'm ringing Asthma Society. I don't have asthma. And I go, well, that's because we are. And we've looked at becoming like the Lung Foundation or this. It's all a bit wordy and a bit respiratory is a terrible word um you know and um cancers we don't do those and yet they're of lung and it's a big you know so yeah yeah, that's more it is and probably in my lifetime we're not going to change no well we're on mms and associated neurological disorders because big words (laughs) and very medical and you know we're all trying to unmedical it like let's let's talk about health literacy and things like this. People need to know mm. what it is they've got and what they're going to do about it. And if we can somehow get that in some simple term, yeah, that's, because that's what it's, we need. It, I find medications um, with my client base are people are normally a they're confused about what they've got, what type of MS they've got sometimes, and b what medications that they're on. They might be for MS, but not specifically for MS. And they've all got two names medications. So mm. you've got the the name that we all know and then the name the doctors use and then they use that and confuse (laughs) well we have inhalers and we have them different colours oh yes you know and once upon a time probably 20 years ago there were two streams there were blue inhalers and they all did this kind of work and brown inhalers and they all did this kind of work and we used to talk about blue or brown and it was it was simpler now there's orange and green and red and you know whatever because it's all marketing you know, a lot of money yes. in medication. There is a lot. There is a, I remember <laughs> my neighbour's wee boy who, sorry, wee boy is probably now 35, <laughs> if not older. He um, had a nebulizer. He had right. terrible. So he had this machine. I oh, know. And a, like it was quite a big machine and this wee bloke on the floor with the mask on his face and he had to have it a couple of times a day. Okay. I mean, that shows you certainly we did use nebulizers. Mm. We still use nebulizers, but not that way at all. Not even a little bit that way because lots of researchers showed that actually well, we weren't doing them any good. Oh, right. Mm, yeah. No, huge, huge doses of medication given through the air. We know mm. now that that just wasn't the way to do. What what we were doing, we were keeping the airways twitchy and actually keeping oh. their asthma active, active all the time. 
So, you know, we've come a long way since then. We certainly mm. did. And people say, oh, I'm on a machine. And, you know, but no, no, we don't. We've used it now to deliver um, saline, which is salty water, to keep the airways nice and not, oh, not for right. asthma. Okay. We don't use them for asthma at all now. Oh, people right. on oh, asthma significant... do not use. Oh, see, I was just envisions of this wee boy on his. <laughs> I know. Yeah. He's, he's probably but, you a know. senior policeman, actually, as I say. That. <laughs> wee boy down the road. Yeah, um, so no, no. If you're out there and listening and you have asthma and you're using a nebulizer, please stop. Stop immediately. Talk to your doctor. Yeah, no, they're just not used for asthma. So much research went into it oh, okay. and discovered that actually it just kept those airways really twitchy and we were giving huge doses. One nebulizer is yeah. worth about 25 puffs of an inhaler. We know that anything above six and all you're getting is side effects with no added benefit. Oh, right. So we're just giving huge, Because you doses. now have those tu- the tubes I've noticed which... Spaces. Yeah, which yep. my friend's wee boy uses because yeah. he, he gets hospitalised with his yeah. asthma. Yeah. We, he's also not mm. that way, but that's much a much more effective way of getting the medication in because you have the inhaler, you have a plastic tube, and then a mask on it, so it chucks it at you, but in a different way. <laughs> and that's he's quite comfortable using that. Yeah. So <laughs> I love the way you describe that. So a sp- <laughs> <laughs> when you use an inhaler, uh, it comes out really fast, mm. like more than a hundred k's an hour. Now, we can't breathe at 100 k's an hour. No. So when we blast that straight from the inhaler into our mouth, most mm. of it either is deposited on the tongue or the back of the throat. We're trying to get that drug into your lungs. Yeah. So a spacer is a device that slows it down and captures the drug. So the inhaler goes into that little plastic tube, yeah. slows down, can't escape, and you can just breathe it at your own rate. So that's that the job of the spacer. More, that makes more sense, doesn't it, than an inhaler that is chucking it at you 100 k's and you can't get it. And you can't. And, you know, even taking it at its very best, maybe 6% without a spacer makes its way to your lungs. That's pretty pathetic, really. There are lots mm. of other different kinds. We're talking about a mm. metered dose inhaler that people probably associate mostly yeah. with because they've been around for a really long time. But we do have other ways of getting that medication into rather than a metered dose inhaler. There's dry powder. There's all sorts of oh, different right. devices now that you can just inhale. But certainly with young children, um, because you need to have a good suck with the other mm. ones, we, we put a, um, a spacer on can double the amount of drug that's getting into your lungs. They can breathe it. It's got a, a one-way valve. So yeah. it inhales, the valve closes, inhales. And six to eight puffs, and that's your dose. And, I mean, that's what you would do. If you're acutely unwell, like you talk mm. about your neighbour, um, we now would give sort of six puffs one at a time through that spacer. And they'd get much and more they, Well, they would get it. just as much effect as a nebulizer without all the added side effects of wow. big doses. So, yeah, we've come a long way. So even if you turn up at ED mm. with an acute exacerbation of asthma, like, you know, you'll be given a spacer. You will not be giving a nebulizer at all. So we've come a long way. My mum has one as well. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. But we do, as I say, we we give saline through it for people who have recurrent infections because we know that um, salt is a great, you know. um, Great healer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, bugs don't grow so well. So we put saline through a nebulizer and we also deliver antibiotics through a a nebulizer. Because once again... It goes to where the problem is, which is our lungs, rather than taking an oral antibiotic, Mm -hmm. which has to kind of go everywhere. And once again, you're looking at side effects. So we do use nebulizers, but not, certainly not for asthma. Haven't done that for 15 years.
Well, there good. we are. Listen, learn. Listen, learn. So that's good. So that the, the, so there's obviously changes and constant yep. changes, and which is a great thing in medication. Yeah. And for people's general lives, yep. you know, getting around and doing things because mm-hmm. I do happen to know quite a lot of people, mm. quite a few people who say they've got, you know, they'll tell me they've got COPD and they've got their oxygen tank in there. Okay. Yeah. See so, another another thing. See, you know, it's just so interesting when you talk about. Um, Conditions. So oxygen is given for your heart, has nothing to do with your breathing. So what happens when you when you when you are um, when it's hard to breathe, yeah. difficult to breathe, um, the job of your heart is to pump the blood around which is oxygenated. Mm-hmm. And the heart is a muscle just like anywhere else in your body. And what will happen is it'll become enlarged because it's having to work so hard. Right. right? Yeah. Only so much space in there. Mm. <laughs> So we don't want an enlarged heart. So we give oxygen to give the heart a bit of a rest. Right. So they're on it 16 hours a day to give the heart a break. You're still going to be as breathless as you were. People think, oh, I'm really short of breath, and they are. That's their condition. But they're not short of oxygen. So if But if they are and their heart's working too hard and they are um, they're not sort of getting the oxygen that they need mm. because of that. We give oxygen for the heart, nothing to do with the breathing. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Because <laughs> I'm just thinking of the people I know, yeah. who, and it's like that. Um, I'm not getting enough oxygen. Oh, I'm so yeah. breathless, yeah. and it's I didn't realise that. Yeah. So that's good and for yes, me. They are. I mean, the disease um, uh, emphysema mm. is going to make you very breathless. You know, yes. yeah, it does make you breathless. You've got lungs that aren't working very well, mm. and it, you will be breathless. You don't necessarily be short of oxygen. So, giving oxygen for these people, you know, in the majority of people, will not be helpful. It's only if their heart is not functioning as well and getting a bit big. Right. Like, well, see, yeah, yeah, I learn things all the time. Yeah. I hope you're a lot of learning stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So that's yeah, that's a lot of information to take in, mm, thinking yeah. that we're just going to be talking about asthma and it I turns know, out that no, we're not. No. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because all, you know, this and bronchitis and yeah. bronchi- bronchiectasis. Yeah, so bronchiectasis, yeah. So bronchiectasis is caused, as I say, uh, predominantly through um, having lots of lung infections where um, you get sort of remodelling of the lungs. You have a lot of scarring going on Mm. because they're not getting treated. And it kind of used to be much more um, a poverty disease because, you know, children weren't getting treated. Mm. They were getting constant lung infections. And then, and the only way to diagnose bronchitis is with a CT scan. With most GPs, you know, we're trying to now. I know when's that going to happen. Mm. We're trying. You know, um, one of the things that we do is advocate for. You know, if you are concerned, and and we'd like to think most because of course GPs are going to do it. Um, we'll think outside of the square and go. Actually, maybe this is bronchitis, and not that the treatment um, will change much, but. Because this, you know, but the um, it's nice to know what it is you're treating. Okay, do you know what I mean? So it doesn't. So long term can well, it's it, a it long term condition. Long term, it is long, Yeah, yeah, it is okay. probably lifelong. Yeah. yeah, once it's happened, yeah, and it can develop at any time, any time throughout your life if you have recurrent lung infections that don't that go, you know, untreated. So that's why mm. you know if you've got a if you've got you know a cough that won't go away if you've got a lot of mucus production if you've got your cold after cold after cold actually you need to go to the doctor you probably need some antibiotics you need some treatment because long term your lungs are going to mm. hang on 
you know, this is not good for me. Do you find that it's people who haven't realised how unwell they've mm-hmm. been? In every condition. <laughs> it's human nature, is it not? It, it is. It's human it nature not human to, nature. to think I'll be all right tomorrow. Um, I mean, not just not just lung conditions, but any condition. Yeah. You know, um, I don't call the ambulance because that's for really sick people. That's I don't want to be a bother. don't yeah. want to be a bother. I was at the doctor's yesterday and it cost me $35 and I don't want to go again. Yeah. There was lots of reasons for not getting regular treatment. Um, that's that's one thing that, it, having been guilty of that myself, mm. is that we put things off mm. and actually right. really shouldn't. I mean, how many times do you feel unwell on a Friday and you don't go, you wait till Monday and you think, oh, I should have gone. You know, mm. you wake up Saturday and go, I should have gone to the doctor yesterday. No, no. And then you've got to wait till Monday because you don't want to go down to, you know, yeah, and if you actually, after urgent yeah. doctor, you know, whatever, it's going to cost more and yeah, it'll be right. I'll just take myself off to bed and I'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> No, don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, No, because it's, I think probably, possibly with um, the consequences of lockdown is that people, we've got all this self-care, look after yourself, self-care, you know, take yourself for a walk, do all that. But actually, do we need to be looking at, actually looking after your body, not your mental health, which we all need to look after as well, but actually look after your general well-being? Well, we do do that, and... I mean, the the thing with people who have got long-term conditions, it's mm. all about having self-management plans. Yep. Take away all that grey area when you don't know what to do. If you've got a plan that you've worked out with your practice nurse or your GP or whoever it might be that's looking after you yeah. with this chronic condition, when you start going downhill, you're on line two. What does it say to do? I've got to do this. I start up this. I do this. I ring the doctor. I go there. If I'm really unwell, I go... And that grey area is taken away. Mm. So, yes, we do want to self-manage, but we have to be able to have the tools to do that. And that's what it's all about. We do that, even people that don't have long-term conditions, Mm. we've done that from a lifetime of learning. Yes. Don't we? And some of us are just a bit slow at learning, I think. You know, we just don't (laughs) heed the advice that's telling us in the back of our head that we should be doing something about this. You know, Mm. our mother's taught us or our father, you know, and we've learned it through life. But for people that are unwell, it's all about having a plan. Yep. And it doesn't matter what disease or condition that is, you need a management plan that's been worked out when you're well so that when you things start yeah. going a wee bit off. So when you've got, if I'm not shaped, feeling well, what do I do What next? do I do? And if I'm still feeling unwell, what do I do? And if, okay, so it's I find asking the question, I, I'll do this when I when this happens. I, so when will you know that it's happened? Yeah, because that makes it this different a different way of looking at something. Yeah. So when will you know that then it's time for that? Because you've got to oh. So and yeah. So for people with lung disease, there are lots of measurable things. I mean, mm. we have peak flow meters that can measure things. Um, we teach them with charts with sputum. What color is it? You know, what symptoms have I got? There oh, are okay. lots and lots of things to put onto your management plan that yeah. is just for you. And you might have the tools at home. You might have some um, steroid or some antibiotic or whatever it may be that you start doing early because that's what your chart says to do. Yeah, and then you much less likely to get it become unwell. That's exactly it. And people like that. Most of us want to take control. That's why we don't go to the doctor because we like to be in charge of our own health. <laughs> so, you know... Give people the tools to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think we're going to have our musical break, which is Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Wow. 
now, Joe, asthma's really prevalent in New Zealand Aotearoa. Do we know why? <laughs> no, it is really prevalent. It is really prevalent, but it's no more prevalent than uh, Britain, oh, okay. um, Canada, Australia. So in um, adults, it's one in seven adults have wow. asthma, one four children. So it is very prevalent. We're very good at diagnosing it here and mm. quite quick at diagnosing. Sometimes maybe we were too quick. Um, there has been so much research, like you know, billions of dollars of research, try to figure out why it is that New Zealand has more. Um, the, probably the biggest um, factor is the way we live. We live in... Cold houses? Cold houses. Mm. Yep. And uh, the government is addressing that. Lots of lots of um, resources now to try to get you out of those cold, mm. damp environments. Um, but that's the way houses were built. And if you look at the countries I've just mentioned, that's kind of our ancestry. Yeah. So they built them as well. So cold, damp, um, yeah, we just, you know, that is it. It's not as if there's some um, flora or fauna that, that's specific to New Zealand or no. anything like that. And people have just as much asthma in Nelson or Auckland or the Northland or Bluff. doesn't matter. doesn't okay. matter really where you live. Some people would say that, uh, you know, if they're in central Otago, they're better compared to when they're by the sea and things like that. But um, most of the research is saying that actually it will just, um, it's just that your lungs are kind of in a bit of shock and oh. will actually accommodate and, and swing back. We know people outgrow asthma and we don't know why. We don't know why people have a predisposition for asthma. It mm. tends to run in families, but it's not, it doesn't have a genetic, you know, there's yeah, not, yeah. But like so, you yeah, yeah, runs in family, but. You know, so yeah, you know, there has been so much. Uh, there's uh, another hygiene hypothesis about, um, you know, that we're living in too clean an environment. Oh, okay. You know, um, that our uh, immune system doesn't have anything to, you know, like we've kind of removed a lot of the things that they would fight just ordinarily. Kids out in the dirt, right? Kids on farms, places like that have less asthma. You'd oh, think okay. it would be more, but it's actually because they're, you know, so there is they're more lots. active actually. Well, they're more active, but Generally. they're also just uh, their immune system has got something to do. They're yep. in the thing, whereas um, so this this hypothesis is all about that that we're living too too clean mm. and our immune system. So what they do is react to even common things that they shouldn't be reacting to. Right. Yeah. Um, house dust mite huge prevalence in New Zealand, but once again that's because of how we live. Oh, so right. it's not. Yeah, they love that um, moist environment. Oh, right. Yeah. The other one is cats. We have the most cats per population of the world. And cats are a real no-no for people with asthma. So there's lots of reasons why we have asthma, but it's not something that we can do a huge amount about. Except not have a cat. Not have a cat or wash the cat. I did hear that if you wash the cat, because um, then it won't have the stander, but also it'll probably run away from home. <laughs> probably never come back. Probably never come we, back. We have to wrap up. Yeah. Okay, so this has been MS Momentum with Valerie on oar.org.nz with Special Radio. So Joe from Asthma Targo. How do people contact you, Joe? Right, very, very quickly. So the best way is just to ring us um, on 471-6167. That's the best way. No referral, just give us a ring. Cool, they can self-refer to you. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time today. You're very welcome. The Otago Multiple Sclerosis Society aims to empower people with multiple sclerosis and their families by providing them with information and skills to participate actively in the community in ways that are meaningful to them. 
msotago.org.nz or give us a call toll free on on 0508 Otago. that's 0508 6768 246 Otago Models Crisis Society working for the people of Otago This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air